is the Larry Law Podcast. <laughs> we're talking about Eric Clapton. Uh, that's all we're going to be talking about today is Eric Clapton. No. That's uh, a good podcast. It is a good podcast. Who, who needs anything else? Well, uh, you know, it would be the rise and fall of Eric Clapton. Uh, and rise and fall. And, and rise, rise and, and fall. fall. And fall and rise and rise and fall. Oh, he's he's yeah. a tragedy, that guy, in so many ways. I mean, he was a heroin addict uh, during the... Uh, you know, during the Derek and the Domino's phase and everything else. It's just, it's an interesting time. He was a heroin addict on cream. Then he got into uh, cocaine. Yeah. Then he got into alcohol. And then he got into yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous. And that seems to He's, a man, he's a man with no purpose, really. Uh, uh, you know, his creativity really, as amazing as he is a guitarist, he is an amazing guitarist. And he does have some great songs. There's no doubt about Layla, of course, being the, the, the most obvious one. But uh, as a practical matter, he just lacks in... The, the depth of creativity. I, I know it's it's her, her, heresy to say all this about Eric Clapton. What I'm saying is, what a great and what an amazing man he would be, as even as amazing as he is. How much more amazing he would be, had he just never done those drugs. Amazing. I would, you know. Um, okay, so let me just make one point about Eric Clapton. He's God. <laughs> no. That was graffiti. That's not fact. Yeah, that's true. Um, how would you feel? And what kind of potential substance <clears throat> abuse problems would you be led into if you were the best guy in your profession ever? And you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, nice. if by chance, Johnny Rotten Martin Luther Cochran was better than you. <laughs> and he's not, so you don't have to worry about You're that. You're too kind. It would, uh, anyway, but that happened to Eric Clapton with Jimi Hendrix. He sees Jimi Hendrix play, this guy who's just been fiddling around with guitar for like three years or whatever, right. and plays like Jimi Hendrix, sees him, and then the entire meaning of his existence now no longer exists. Right. It was the equivalent, when Jimi Hendrix came on the scene, it was the equivalent of moving from silent movies to talkies. That's to, to, no to seventy millimeter uh, Panavision color. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, that was the difference. Yeah. It was such a huge thing. Um, he he really reshaped the way people saw the guitar and electric guitar and what can be done with the electric yeah, guitar and music and song structure, just everything. Everything. <clears throat> so the point is, I'm not saying that uh, Clapton wasn't predisposed to these uh, habits to begin with, and also, you know, being a musician is a horrible existence because you sit around bored all day doing mm-hmm. essentially nothing if yeah. you're even if you're a guy who works as hard as Clapton on writing songs or whatever it's a very boring existence sitting on planes and buses and alone and waiting for right. a show then you play the show and then you do nothing again so you have plenty of time to get involved in bad stuff right now you're right I, I mean look the fact that I understand that he got tempted uh with these things that doesn't mean anything I mean I look uh 
Bill Clinton was, he's a, you know, decent looking guy, uh, at least certainly at the time that he was president. And um, he was certainly a powerful guy, but that, you know, I, I, he faced temptations and he availed themselves of those, availed himself of those temptations. And we judge him for that. And I judge Eric Clapton for um, imbibing in all these drugs and uh, leading that very decadent lifestyle. I think he was unproductive. I think he, you know, as I tell my kids, I want them to be, God wants us to reach our full potential. And I, I'm, I'm upset with Eric Clapton because I think he's brilliant. I think he's extraordinarily talented. You, but, uh, and yet, and yet, yeah. he has not met his potential. But would you make the, uh, let's, let's ask about someone else then. Because mm -hmm. this is sort of an interesting yeah. thought experiment. Did, has Keith Richards met his potential? No. Yeah. He's not. So it's not an issue of just staying with one band. It's not an issue that cream only lasted four years and not 30. Oh, not at all. Nothing to do like with that. that. I'm it's, talking about Eric Clapton yeah, as Eric Clapton. It's, it's a, but, but just to clarify, because I thought you were talking about him not only engaging in a substance abuse problem, but drifting from one band to, to no. another, one project to another, not really sticking with being no, a cohesive no, artist. No, no, no. I, no, I, I, you know, oddly enough, I view Eric Clapton as a one-trick pony. I don't care what band he was with at the time. Um, with very few exceptions, his sound is pretty much very set in stone. Um, you're not going to hear a lot of variety of it. If I could, if I could draw a sine curve, you know, in terms of you know it, the, the the waves would be very shallow, of both up and down. Whereas if you look at the Beatles, for example, who did meet their potential, obviously. Um, their range is such a huge, phenomenal amount. Um, I haven't seen anything like that since until Wilco. And Wilco has that kind of range. Um, and even then, I don't know if Wilco beats the Beatles in that. But And, and such a short time span that the well, Beatles the did Beatles, what they did. The Beatles, to their disadvantage, did not have a band like Wilco or themselves to learn from or be right. influenced by. Right. No, I, I, I mean, the, which yeah. makes them all the more extraordinary. Um but that, that potential that they, they have shown, the Beatles, uh, from something as fun as uh, Penny Lane uh, versus um, A Day in the Life. You know, I've, most, most of our listeners know those two respective songs, so I'm giving a good example of how wildly different they are. And, of course, then, then you look at Time itself where you look at, uh, I don't know, She Loves You and then um, Hey Jude. Completely different songs, such dynamic range. Always pushing the frontier, Not, they 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 expected more from themselves, and I think Eric Clapton, because of all the drugs, uh, ended up uh, putting a ceiling upon himself without realizing it. And I think a lot of people put ceilings upon themselves, and in many ways, that's the main topic of where we're we're, we're about to head, which is about seeing our potential, and not uh, also not dealing with the facts on the ground. So. And so it was with Eric Clapton. So it was with so many different people. Um, and so it is today with college yeah. professors and intellectuals. Sure. How was that for a transition? Well, no, I, and I was going to go right into the atheist, uh, the, the mind of an atheist. And but but your point is very well taken. Uh, a lot of professors, you try to present to them facts on the ground, such as you know, uh, you know, your ideas of of uh, everyone sharing equally. Wouldn't that be lovely? You know, as you're thinking about it from your armchair, Mr. Professor, or you know, Professor. Hair professor, 
Um, Please, more of a German accent. Uh, professor, it, you know. isn't it true that that, <laughs> that we have uh, they, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's that's what they think. They they have all these great ideologies, and in fact, it has nothing to do with the facts on the ground, which is human nature. Yeah. Uh, human nature wants profit. We talked about this the last week. Uh, it, it 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 admires uh, profit. It it's driven by human by profit. Um, and well, at the same time, it brings out the best in people. Well, which is I would the, say rather than even profit, self-interest. Self-interest. Self, sure. Profit is part of self-interest. Yeah. But if you act in your own self-interest, by and large, you will act in the for the good of everyone. That, that's, that's I'm glad you corrected me on that. That is correct. Uh, self-interest is a much better word. For some people, it is profit. Uh, for some people, it's a sense of accomplishment that they get to rescue as many cats as uh, I don't like. rescue cats. <laughs> you just love cats. I, cats just come to me as and worship me as their lord and protector. All right. <laughs> I am I am the Oliver Cromwell of cats. <laughs> no lord protector. Right. from the me. Mother Teresa. Of cats, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so 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 somebody who wants to have self interest to take care of cats. Now we're done with the cats discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, somebody wants to take care of cats or horses, whatever it is, to, to rescue horses, or, you know, or for that matter, to, to make the world a more green place. Whatever their motivation is, let them pursue that. And not only will they be happier, but other people, they will make other people's lives happier as well and more fulfilling. But you can't uh, convince that of, the, of that German professor that we're, we're just talking about. They will not see the facts on the ground. No, every everything is structured. The, the latest model I call it the Ashley Judd model is the yeah. the idea that yeah. life yeah. is a, uh, Im, a oppressive set of patriarchal rules. Yeah, oh, I love and that. and because of that, you know X Y Z, you will never escape from it or some such. Right, it, it, it's right. such conf confoundingly idiotic belief is such a confoundingly idiotic belief system it's hard to explain it between right. two intelligent people to try to say you know they're these really dumb people and they think this thing right uh, what they, is it exactly i can't really even describe it so stupid yeah and they, they think that just because they've written it on a, in a on a piece of paper or in a book maybe that therefore it must be true because the words actually flow from one sentence to the other but never right. mind that it's idiocy or as uh as, as Dennis Prager says, or actually it wasn't Dennis Prager, I forget the actual quote, but uh, the actual person who said it, he said, some ideas are so idiotic that only an intellectual can believe them. And I, I fully subscribe well, to Tom that. Did Tom Soule say that? I think either, either it was Prager who said that or Prager was uh, quoting Tom Soule. Or, I think he was an so, older, an older, uh, yeah. you know, more ancient yeah. gentleman than that. Yeah. But that's, that's the point. They, they are so idiotic. Yeah. Look, I think atheism is an idiotic ideology idiotic they will say that of course that we're idiots for believing in god in the first place we can't see him yada yada, yada. not realizing of course that they're falling to the same trap that the polytheists used to make of the jews of the, the monotheists. monotheists yes because where is your god we yeah. can't see him. mine can't is right him. here here's the god of the wheat yes here's right. the god of the harvest it's imminently yeah. more logical to believe oh, you dropped your little statue it shattered oh I'll, I'll just go buy another one that's right <laughs> It was eminently more logical and reasonable for them to be able to see their gods, yeah. right? But, and they laughed at us for that. But the atheist is making the same argument. He's basically saying, I can't see that God. You can't prove it to me. Therefore, there is no God. This, this, is, this is what passes for intellectualism these days. Right, and right. they think they're so effing right. Well, there, there's a fun, real funny part is when you listen to their language of this description of what this God is, uh, like a Bill Maher is a great example. Yeah. They call him the man in the sky. Well, 
what's so funny and what's so uh, what makes it such critical theory is we when we talk about God, we're not talking about some man in the sky. We're talking about this overwhelming force that is so beyond understanding right. and so encompassing of all things in the universe and beyond. Right. To to just call it a little man in the sky is to such diminish it. Yeah, and, yeah, and, that's exactly right. And and make it so insignificant that if you were to accept the premise that God is just that, of course you would have no reason to believe in it or worship it or right. or uh, guide your, your life's actions by right. its principles. That's right. Well, I, I often say to my kids, so they really understand it, they, they say, you know, what do we know about God? What do we know about the universe? And I, and I point to the betta fish that's in their fishbowl. And I say, we know as much about the fullness of God and the universe, for that matter, as much as the beta fish knows about our lives and what we do. <laughs> where, you know, where I go, you know, as a lawyer, what a lawyer is, that you go to school and you learn what yeah, you learn. Yeah, anything that happens outside the living room where the beta fish right. bowl that's, is. That's his universe. Yeah. And, and even that he can't understand too well. You know, because after all, it, and by the way, the, the bowl is right underneath the TV screen. So he never actually sees the TV screen. He, he doesn't see the TV screen. But he does see us look up. Toward a TV screen, right? While and, you watch The and, Simpsons, or, or right, whatever, whatever, what have you. Yeah. And so he, he maybe at best, if he has any sort of consciousness, he's wondering what that's all about. Right. <laughs> but but other other than that, what he sees, you know, directly there to the extent that he can see at all is, uh, and, and of course that itself is distorted, yeah. right? Because of the fishbowl and everything else. And because also, if you know betta fish, you know they only care about one thing: food. No, <laughs> no. What? Where's that other beta fish, and when am I going to kill it? Yeah, that's, that, that's all they care about. Food, oh, food's here. Yeah. Yeah, good enough. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean. Yeah. His, where's that other beta fish? Where's that other beta fish? Where's that other beta fish? <laughs> that's all. That's that's. But that's about as much as we know from the yeah. universe. Now, I think we may know a little bit more about God than than the fish knows about us and such. We can tell a lot about God. We know that God wants us to be good. Uh, we, we're very comfortable in that department. We know what God is not. We know that God is not evil. Um. We know a lot of things that God is not. Yeah. I heard a great a Christian guy on, on um, a radio show say something that I thought was very yeah. cool. So, he said, we know when we are with God and we know when we are in places, both physical and emotional and spiritual, mm -hmm. where God is not. Yeah, it's 100 you know, We right. know when we are in a place that's demonic or evil or devoid of God. Yeah, God is not here. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, that's the atheist. They, they will not see the facts on the ground. There are many other areas of uh, life where people don't see the facts on the ground. For example, I, I have a good friend of mine who, when I told her about, uh, yeah, I was marveling how different uh, the interests were of my daughter on the one hand and my older son on the other, and how my son, uh, you know, naturally gravitated toward uh, the guns and the the action figures and the you know the Legos and everything else, and he loves numbers. And the girl is uh, seems to. Um, navigate towards uh, many other things, uh, such as dolls and the pink and, and, and the traditional thing. It, it really cuts very dramatically that way. She loves dresses. She loves makeup. She loves yeah, dance. Yeah, the little girl wants to draw things. The little boy wants to blow things up. That, that's in, right. You know, in general yeah. terms. In, in general terms, right? And so I marveled with my friend, a, very, a big liberal, by the way. And she said, well, that's, and she was very defensive. And that's only because the, 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 the social construct, she uses these big words. Again, the patriarchy. The, 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 the pa and she used the patriarchal yeah. system, How, the social uh, contract. Like Ashley Judge says, everything was just rape. It's it, the, the raping of whatever it is from the raping of the, I guess so, you know. yeah. 
but, but no, that's true. But but she but she was talking about how it's just X. It's because of this. There's a there's an easy explanation for this because of, of the bad society and and uh, we've just gotten it drilled yeah, into our heads. Your generalizations are just a reaction of your your uh, biases that are right. are easily explained. Right. But never mind the fact that uh, this happened. Before they even started watching any TV, before they had any friends that actually influenced them, we and we never, not once, my wife and I never once said to our son, "No, you can't play with that doll." We never said to the to our daughter, "No, you can't play with that truck," or blow up that thing. The, the toys were everywhere. The playroom is as messy as you can imagine. Okay, there's not a doll section. There's not a truck section. No, it's just. Uh... It's, it's uh, it, maybe there should be. It's just an overlapping <laughs> section of a three-year-old and seven-year-old yeah. chaos. The, right? the, the dolls are on top of the trucks, right. <laughs> and they're missing parts and everything else. Right. And surprise, <laughs> you know, if you, if you ever want a, a very easy way to clean up a place or at least a structure, uh, your your playroom, you don't have to tell your kids to organize. Don't do, don't do that. Just tell the kids, okay, girl, if they have a girl, take take all the toys that you want and put them on this side of the room. And and son, you take all the toys you want, and you put them that side of them. You'll see how organized it is. And they Very will quickly. not want any of the same things. They won't guarantee. No, no. no. Now, so and this is all. So anyway, so it's so obvious, and you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't um, make this representation without seeing the facts on the ground, in, in any meaningful way. It's just silly, and to to do so is it, it's insulting to your own intelligence, and it's obvious to everyone else what the realities are on the ground. So um, that, that's the way it is with, uh, with these people. Now, there's also, I mean, the same person said that marriage itself is, as an institution was a patriarchal system designed to keep women down. And rape her. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah, not, it, you know what? If she thought about it, she would have said that. She would have said it. Now, if you said it to her, she'd go, oh, that's, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, come to think yeah. of that. Makes perfect sense. Um, and, and never mind the fact that all the historical perspective shows that marriage was an institution designed to protect women and children and that women it was a great compromise yeah. between women and men like hey you want you want to build society you have to marry us you have to we, we want permanence in our lives yeah that patriarchal society that keeps us from being promiscuous with all the women that we want yeah yeah never well, yeah that what? makes sense yeah, marriage patri- that patriarchal institution where we if it breaks up we lose half the shit excuse my french stuff yeah. that we earned our money for that's right <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's not a, it's not a winning argument for for men and and but but even, forget about the divorce system because ostensibly it's supposed to be fair and whether it is or not is right, another story right but the point is but, we willingly go into that right we would we will easily go into saying to ourselves, we are not going to be as promiscuous as, as we are naturally inclined. Yeah. Women, yes, they have a little bit of, uh, they, they have a little sense of variety. I'm sure no doubt that my wife from time to time will see uh, another man and say, I wonder what it would be like if I got married to him. Fine. I get that. That's not the same level as you and I, Ari. Where we we would go into the bar across the street. Yeah, if if, if God yeah. loved, if God wanted it and said that's cool, we'd be all over that place. And somehow, and if we could, and still have uh, maintain our family lives, we would love to to have as many women as possible. It, the, the variety yeah, is can, so it's right. such a powerful motivator for us. And and women listening, uh, you know, it's just hard to explain how powerful that is. Just like uh, I don't know. Uh, it's very difficult for you to explain, women, how it is that you love um, the nuances of aesthetics. 
uh, and shoes for that matter, right? and can see, or anything else and that you think is that's more unique than to women. Sixteen bit color. We don't know right. what pumpkin is. We, we know don't what know oranges. <laughs> we know what yellow is. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can't explain that, and we can't explain it too well. All we can tell you is, we crave variety, and marriage is a big compromise for us. Is it for a greater good? Absolutely, sure. We we understand that it's at the end of the day, it's going to be better to raise a family that way. But it runs against completely runs against our instincts. For women, it's it's totally designed and geared around yeah, women. But the point is we willingly do it. We willingly Hence, do it. we are not engaging in a participation of the patriarchal hierarchy to rape and imprison your uh, right, right. woman parts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, right. the, the logic has just been destroyed it's, of that argument. Yeah, why we would go willingly into this system, and yet that they tell us that it's our idea. Like, okay, and, and that we're doing it to... To, to actually imprison women. Okay, let's let's. Okay, that's what you if, talk about. No good deed goes unpunished, right? Right. <laughs> so, what? So let's have your system. Let's let's go back to your way, uh, the system that you think is not patriarchal, which means there should be no marriage. All right. So let's think this well, through. I, I, well, hold, hold on. Yeah. Let's think this through, young lady. Oh, I can describe it in one second. Yeah. It's the plot of the show Girls, and look how miserable all the characters on of the show Girls are. Of course they're complete promiscuity, complete non-committal relationships, right. complete. Uh, it's misery. Uh, yeah. It, it, but those are liberated women who have it all. Right. Right. It's an amazing thing. The the, the women that that general story leads only to one thing, which is, you 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 can certainly get pregnant and you'll raise your kid alone. On welfare. On welfare. Yeah, you're and Julia, the, the composite woman that, for the right. government, right? And you will not ever be happy because at the end of the day, we all need the opposite sex to make us complete. I'm not saying women, only a woman can be happy with a man. We, we are also saying that a man can only be happy with a woman at the end of the day. I mean, we're talking about heterosexual couples. And at the end of the day, that's we seek that companionship. We crave that companionship because it's different for crying out loud. And we should celebrate those differences than, more than anything else. This is so obvious. And it's what Tom Wolfe once called, and I, I just love this phrase. He called it the great relearning. Yeah. Have we talked about this before? Oh, we have. Uh, well, no, no. But okay, it, well, let me, let me explain what yeah. the great relearning means. And he, he, he talked about it in the context of the hippie movement in the 60s. Uh, and he said... So, in other words, he could have called it the great reshowering. Yeah, exactly right. Well, that, But he talked about it showering in particular. Yeah. Because he noted how the hippies of the 60s would, their basic mantra is, why do we need all this artificial stuff like deodorant and, and, and bathing and showering? <laughs> Hold on. You, you, bear, bear with me. <laughs> I know, I know. But, 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 but wait, wait, wait. he says, what? And, and the reasoning is, <laughs> no, but, but they seriously, they, they went through the philosophy. Right. They, they, why do we need this? After all, God made us this way. It's artificial to, clean, you know, to to water ourselves and to do this. The animals don't do that, and they they, they cats just, do. Well, <laughs> but that's clean, but they don't take a shower and that sort of thing. They have yeah. that, so they don't take a shower or anything else like that. And 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 their reasoning is that it's not natural to take a shower, or that we we were born this way, and uh, you know that once in a blue moon we'll we'll fall, or, you know, get you know swimming to a stream. Or and water will rain we'll, down upon yeah, well, that, our that's filthy right. body. And that'll, that'll be the nature of our cl- yeah. uh, getting clean. And, uh, and 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 why should we even brush our teeth? Why should we have deodorant? All those things. And then, surprise, surprise, they suffered all these diseases. Some diseases that we previously thought were extinct yeah. up to that point. And they resurfaced all over. Lice was one of those things. Lice was A whole bunch of venereal out. diseases came A whole bunch back. Of, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and other diseases too, cleanliness, all associated with cleanliness. And then 
it's as if they all collectively said, oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Hence, because, you know, those diseases were natural, too. That's right. But they made you miserable. That's right. And they, they just they didn't want to learn the facts on the ground, as we yeah. said. So uh, that's why he called it the great relearning, because they had to suffer through these things all the time, all over again, in order to get back to square one and realize, you know what? Maybe we ought to shower. Maybe we ought to brush our teeth. Maybe we have an maybe obligation. Maybe 1950s style was cooler than 1960s. Maybe, maybe there was something style. to it. Yeah. You don't have to embrace everything about it, but maybe there was something to it. Likewise, I feel that we have the great relearning. And again, this is talking about accepting the facts on the ground uh, about when it comes to policy and economics. We have to constantly learn over and over again. The high taxes is a recipe for a recession. That um, innovation is a recipe, and, and when you let innovation flourish without the government on its back, that then the economy flourishes. That's a recipe for prosperity That's for right. more people than otherwise. I, I like we to learn call this it, over and over I like again. to call it the relearning that two plus two does equal four. That's right. Does in fact equal four. But that's that's what yeah. we're, we're. The reason about. I laughed when you said the hippie thing, though, is because mm. uh, there's a, there's a funny old joke about um, you know uh, some guy saying to a girl. Oh, why don't you date me? And the answer she gives is because you smell. Mm -hmm. And the guy says, I don't smell. And she says with the ultimate wisdom, but you can't smell yourself, can you? Right. So that's the hippie perspective. Who do we need all this stuff? Right, right. Well, you can't smell yourself, idiot. Right. But we can smell you right. and you need a shower. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's very narcissistic on there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the ultimate narcissism, right? When they, they, they believe that there's nothing to worry about and they can do whatever they want. And, and that no one notices them. Well, it's also very animalistic. You're spreading your, your stench everywhere, marking your territory in an animalistic, uncivilized way, and then turning around saying, oh, but that's natural. It's and as if natural is good. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing that I think bridges to your other point earlier about um, uh, theism mm -hmm. is that one thing that the believer believes is that God is beyond nature. We don't worship the earth. We don't right. worship nature. Yeah, we don't worship what is natural. Right. We worship what is supernatural. Right. Yeah. It, <laughs> right? Yeah, God, God is outside of nature. Yeah. That's because a lot of things in nature really are bad. Right. If if you don't have running water, electricity, flush toilets, oh, yeah. paved streets. Yeah. Landslides are nature. Yeah. Uh, natural. Earthquakes. Fires. Forest fires. Yeah. Tornadoes. I mean, it's just this is too easy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's also poison fruit. Oh, oh I thought that was Swiss cheese. Oh, it's it's liberal logic with holes in it. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, leprosy is natural. I mean, it just it goes on and on. It, 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 it's not a good – nature is a dangerous place. If you want survival of the fittest, by all means, um, go out there and, and be part I'm of the I'm going to be the fittest because I'm going to have a house with a roof that doesn't leak. And I'm going to be fit and I'm going to survive. Yeah. Can I just tell you one thing that happened this weekend – or actually it happened yesterday. Mm. You will love this. My daughter is around the same age as yours. Right. She's a little younger. Three. Right has no preconceptions of guns or dolls or anything. She just plays with what she plays with, right? Just naturally. Yeah. And, of course, she gravitates towards things that are pink and dolls. Right. Okay. Shuck I, I haven't given her a, an M16, uh, you know, toy gun or anything, her, yeah. but she doesn't seem to want one. So, you know, there's... But anyway, yesterday we're at um, her grandma and grandpa's house, and my brother and sister have recently moved out of the house and gone to college. So their rooms are still there, but they're ones at Stanford, ones at USC. So you can go into their rooms, fully decorated as a boy's room and a girl's room, but they're not there. 
So um, my, my daughter is exploring the house. And I say, oh, do you want to go in your little auntie's room here or your uncle's room? And she goes, yeah, let's see them. So we go first into my sister's room. And she goes, oh, this is a really pretty room. And little teapots and little, you mm-hmm. know, things that are, you know, cause girly Girl-oriented, decor. Yeah. Then you go into my brother's room. And there are guitars every, um, everywhere and his music equipment. And my daughter likes musical instruments. But that's kind of besides the point. His wallpaper was a whole bunch of guns. He right. had a whole bunch of you know dirty clothes and piles everywhere. Right. You know, it kind of smelled like a boy's room. Right. There were kind of remote control cars and little jet fire planes as his little toys that he stole. My kind of place. Right. Yeah. We if that was cool. My daughter looks at it after seeing the room with the little teapots and goes, I like the other room better. Yeah. Perfect illustration of just natural being a natural person drawn to a certain things because she's a girl. And yeah. there was no patriarchal imposition at all, right, right. forcing her to like the teapot versus the, the remote control car. It's, it's so frustrating in some ways because here we are, you know, if somebody from the 1880s, let's say, or 1890s. Oh, they'd come here and say, you people are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. What is they, wrong if, with if, you? If they came and saw, <laughs> saw us around here, they would say, what is going on here? Why, why are you having to explain that girls <laughs> like dolls and boys like guns? Yeah, we knew what? that 100 years ago. What's wrong with Tell, you people? Yeah, have, you, have you not advanced? Are you, are you digressing? <laughs> and then we'd explain to them, you know, there's a wonderful line. I think it was from the movie Fletch. We'd explain to them, well, there's this thing called critical theory when you know, reality isn't reality. And they look at us and say, boy, what in the hell are you talking That's about? Right. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's, uh, to me, you know, the ultimate madness, and, and I want to kind of conclude on this, is, you know, how it's manifested itself even more dramatically in the art. And to some extent music, but mostly in art. And there's a reason for it. Um, art has gone the way of craziness. I go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art or whatever it is, they had MOCA and contemporary art. That's what it is. And I see, I took, I took my wife there and I see her staring at a canvas that is painted only in the orange. And that's it. Just orange. You sure it wasn't pumpkin or umber? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's true. So I see her staring at this and I, and I come up to her and I said, there's nothing in there. <laughs> okay. Move on. And I was like, <laughs> Deborah has no clothes, lady. Never. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what are you? Brilliant. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you looking at? That? So I mean, are you are you thinking like I'm hoping that this makes me look intellectual? I, yeah, are you waiting I, for the artistic experience to descend in? Uh, yeah, that's right. Upon you for that. I mean, it's like it's like the people when you can do the, the psychological experiment, right? Where you, know, you learn about this in college. You stay in a street corner and you look up at the sky, and then you see how many other people start looking up at the sky, and then they, and then they say, "You see it? You see it?" And then they'll say, yeah, 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 I do, I do. It's really amazing. Right. Uh, but that's what maybe they're hoping for. And I, 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 just this madness that's going on in the art world, like it's just a canvas of orange. Done. We're done. Okay. Get great works. The, the great works, you can still see them at the Getty, uh, which is really wonderful. They have a rotating series of real... Well, there art there the are days. cool things that are modern. I, I personally like David Hockney work. Yeah, that's Some fine. people don't. Yeah. Uh, I personally like Piet Mondrian work. Some right. people don't. But you can see at least those things, they did some work. Right. It requires the, effort. The, yeah. My, my standard at the very least in art, and I, and I feel I have a good sense of art. I'm not, I'm not the ultimate. My dad is an artist, and I, and I appreciate all and love his work. But the standard at the very least is if I could do it, it's not art. Right. Okay. That's all. That, that's 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 the threshold, well, foundational I, issue. I, now, I, 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 yeah. I augment that with: Can you do it? 
with effort. Right. It might be art with right. some training, with some. Are there, is there are there is there a skill set here? Yeah. Because you could write a song, a three chord song, you know, A E D on the guitar. Even, yeah. Even somebody who doesn't play guitar could learn that in a couple well, of weeks. Yeah, you, know, well, you know. I'll, I'll drill down slightly on this. Do you know why we don't see that as much in in music? Because you would expect that to see that in music, right? You would expect to hear the equivalent of that orange canvas that I just described. The equivalent would be I'm I'm, I'm air guitaring right now for for the listener's benefit. Uh, pluck. 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 <laughs> right. Pluck. Right? Can you imagine listening to 40 minutes of that? Well, that Here's an be... album of just pluck. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Right. An album of just plucking for 40 minutes every, what, 10 seconds or right. so? And you'd say, wow, that's just brilliant. It's brilliant. profound and it's minimalist. You, you would say, okay, let's just let's check this out. Right? That, that is truly the equivalent. Right? right? You would go crazy hearing that. Why is it? Because and it takes time. You have to sit and listen to it the whole time to, to have the experience. See, music being a, a temporal Right, it format, requires time. It requires more time. And people are going to go, I'm sick of the orange. Let's get something else. Right. It's boring. Well, but, okay, but we can, make or- we can make music the same length of time, the same amount of time that my wife stared at that orange canvas. Uh, I would say she stared at it for about half a, half a minute, okay, yeah. absorbing whatever it had to yeah. give, whatever that is. And why not make, you can make a 30 second song of just plucking and say, isn't this brilliant? Okay, now hang on. I think that there's a very simple reason for that. There's a, there's, you see this only, I mean, I, I don't know of any album where you hear this kind of crap. Uh, uh, aha, take on me. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I hated a, that song. <laughs> it's a bad song, but it's very poppy and it actually had a melody. So I don't Man, like it. Wake me up before you go go. Again, horrible. Very popular, but nevertheless, these people like it doesn't. But, but, make it but, wait, but, but actually, somebody found a rhythm to that, and right. it's like, so. But, but there's no, there's nothing like that in music, nothing. And here's the reason why, because still today in music, you have to make money. A musician will not succeed without making. Well, money. then an art, pay, I mean, art. If oh, it's wait, painting wait, in a museum. Not a gallery, a museum. That artist is making money because some idiot is saying is convincing other idiots who have money that this is great art and we should hang it in our house. And you know what? We'll let the museum borrow it and show it to people. It's few and far between. And what's really happening is that the government is funding, is giving these grants for this crap. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh no! That's the reason why. <laughs> So it's a whole, a whole cycle of crap is being developed because the government is funding it. I just pictured what music would be like, government-regulated government, sponsored yeah. music. Oh, it would be exactly the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah, I need a grant for this music and, yeah. and somebody – because the, the, the public does not demand it, the, the pluck, pluck, pluck thing I just yeah. told you. They, 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 you know, if, if art really were left to the wolves, so to speak, guess what? Art, the, the level of art would, would – rapidly ascend back to where it should be, which is trying to discover uh, beauty, uh, uplifting and beauty, beauty beautiful and things. Truth. Yeah, just like, yeah. Um, like Hey Jude, such a beautiful song, correct? It is such a gorgeous song. It's uplifting. It, it resonates. It elevates. Right. And uh, I find the same thing with a lot yeah. of great songs. And visual art doesn't have to be pretty no. it, because there are things that are Hard to look at where the, the representations of something of the darker side of our spirits, right. but it still took work, it took work. and effort. And, and you well, know, pa- Picasso the, and, and Guernica, for example, is a good example of that. It's, it's modern art, and, but it also reflects crisis and, and pain. Right. Um, all right, my friend, I think that's, that's uh, going to wrap it up for our podcast today. 
I really enjoy talking about this area of how people just ignore the facts on the ground. Um, and the facts on the ground are so interesting. Just you, we need to wake up, need to look at what's out there, enjoy, uh, and also learn from it and not engage in the great relearning. This is Barack Lurie, and this has been the Lurie Law Podcast. <laughs>